0: mind, but here we stand on opposing sides, let's go to war, let's go to war!
1: Welcome! This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. And I'm John. And that was uh, Nothing More uh, Go to War. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, and today we're... Kinda uh kind of fits with, the, with this
0: movie. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, lyrically it's one of the most fitting songs that you could play to start this off. This is uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, one of the movies that... Um, Daniel Tosh hates
0: the most, <laughs> um, but and we love know. Daniel Tosh. But it's like uh, he's wrong on this one.
1: Yeah, he and he has bad taste in movies, right? Because um, I also think that he hates Vin Diesel and Keanu Reeves. So he's not valid in a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, the budget for this movie was forty million dollars, the most expensive Korean production of all time.
0: Really. Of all time? Of all time. Still to this
1: day. Well, I uh,
0: I guess the movie industry in Korea isn't like it is in Hollywood, They don't spend
1: $40 million on movies, but this one is the highest uh, budgeted movie of all time. And it made $86 million worldwide, so it did make its money back.
0: Yeah, this wasn't really really released in theaters that much, was it? Wasn't it like a limited run in theaters? It, It
1: had some theater releases. Um... It didn't make a ton in America, it mainly made a lot of his money like overseas, uh, but it's an overseas like movie. Japan, Korea, yeah.
0: stuff like that, South Korea. Because it's a
1: Korean director, the director didn't want to cast Evans because he was too built. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho uh, didn't really want to cast Evans because he was too muscular, but they used some camera tricks in it to make him look a little skinnier. Yeah,
0: Um, because he was still in Captain America shape, and
1: then like the the trench coat that he wore through basically the whole movie made him look a little skinnier because you couldn't see his physique, right? Um, Which is Willy Wonka's coat. We'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, So, uh, but Evans actually called him,
0: and it was like, "Let me audition for this." I wanted. Did he Did he specifically audition to be Curtis, or did he audition? Yeah, he wanted to be uh, Curtis. Okay.
1: uh Sir John Hurt's character Named Gilliam is a tribute to Terry Gilliam. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, so that is and also Jamie Bell's character, Edgar, was a it was named after Edgar Wright, the director. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh the character of Mason, which is T- Tilda Swinton's character, was written for John C. Riley. And it's supposed to be like a overly really polite and nice person and uh tilda swinton audition and they just scrapped all that
0: yeah because minister mason and tilda swinton's version yeah is not nice she, she is not is, nice she is pretty much she is horrible <laughs>
1: but i'll say before we even start this movie the dumbest thing that curtis says in the whole movie to me is he's not a leader because literally he's the leader from like the first
0: scene well, I, I think he he's He doesn't trying. think he's a leader. He doesn't like, think I he is, like, but everybody looks up to him. because Yeah,
1: like, literally, like, everybody's like, what, is it time now, Curtis? Not when yet. we are we going to do this? No, not, not now. Sit down. Yeah, you we, know, st- we got, got more to do. down Yeah. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I was just
0: kind of like.
1: He was trying to be humble. Yeah, I was like, that's, a, that's kind of a dumb line. He's
0: like, I'm not a leader. It's like, literally, you are the leader. You're the only one who's ever gotten from the tail of the train to the engine you know well they don't know that at the point of
1: uh, right but before we get too far uh uh let's talk about what we're drinking today
0: uh yeah this is the uh what is this abita springs abita Uh, brewing abita brewing um pecan ale yeah pecan ale go nuts go nuts and it's spelled in the uh uh, cajun style go yeah (laughs) 5.2
1: percent alcohol
0: yeah, uh, this is uh, this is really, really good uh, because, you know, anytime that you can do things with, like, pecans or peanuts or any of that kind of stuff. Anytime
1: you can do things with nuts. With nuts. It's good. Yeah, it's anything
0: good. with nuts. Just go nuts. Just go, <laughs> go nuts.
1: Uh, I'd give it a 2.5. Uh, it's really good beer. It's smooth. You can just drink it on the rig. I don't even see any reason why you'd have to have a special occasion for this. You could just buy it and drink it. Right, yeah. Uh, you know. It's no different from if you're like, you know, I'm a Miller guy, I buy this, I buy Miller Lite all the time. It's like, you can literally buy this beer all the time. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't be any different than drinking something like that. So, except the flavor, the the pecan flavor is really good. It's not overbearing uh, either, it's just like a good, like, uh, kind of a faint pecan flavor in your mouth, but it's like, just a, kind of a smooth beer. Yeah. So... The yeah. pecans added definitely a lot of flavor to it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into the comments and see what we got. <laughs> um. Okay. They're probably all by Daniel Tosh. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Actually, all of them are Daniel Tosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some guy from New Jersey called Fuckboy88. I don't know what that means. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably Daniel Tosh. It's probably Daniel <laughs> Tosh. Yeah, fuckboy There's gonna yet, be some dude along like, the hey I'm fuckboy eighty eight. I didn't write that
1: shit. That would be hilarious if someone write like writes into us at beyond and they're looking just like, Hey, hey, look, I didn't say that. I'm fuckboy eighty eight. It's like
0: literally, you know we just came up that with that as like a joke. On right. Show, right? <laughs> yeah, it was random. But random. you also are telling us how old you are and that you're a fuckboy. <laughs> Yeah, so we deposit that you might be the Young Bucks, (laughs) according to Chris Jericho. Ah. What are you looking at, fuck boy? (laughs) A little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) Since it's fucking viral now. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. You get to see a little bit of the bubbly on the train. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you get to see a little bit of the bubbly.
0: Yeah, once you get Uh, towards the uh, front section, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's, uh...
1: Let's we'll see what people have a problem with.
0: So the first thing I'll go over is um, the I'll go over the class system because of how the the train is set up in the different classes, where the poor and the weak people are in the tail of the train, and then you know the middle is more like the middle class, and the front is more like the high class, the rich, you know, the high society people. Yeah,
1: the tail end that eats. Uh, um cockroach candy bars or whatever basically.
0: <laughs> the the protein blocks if you if, if you had, if you called them uh cockroach candy bars <laughs> it's like i don't know like would they still eat them if they it, because curtis doesn't tell them what's in it he just doesn't have the heart to tell them yeah you know? and it's like we can't tell we them. can't yeah because like the, he has the artist with him and he was like you can't draw this yeah. Do not fucking draw the cockroach yeah, we, tumbler. Yeah, you can't draw this. Yeah, because that's just it's insane. It makes the, uh Mason uh, eat
1: that shit whenever Yeah, she she's about like, to eat Would the, you sushi? Like the sushi. And he like fine. he was like Grope. grabs the chain. He, he was like, like you, you eat, eat this. this.
0: Yeah, like we eat the sushi because we've had to eat this protein block shit for years. You are going to eat the fucking protein block and she's just kind of like like hmm. Really hesitant to bite into it because she's like she knows that it's nasty. It's like, bitch, you know this is nasty, and you literally feed this to people every day. Like, God. But I have an interesting, uh, I have an interesting take
1: on this movie, but I'm not gonna talk about it until the end of it. So, uh,
0: yeah, go in your comments. Okay. So uh, the comment says, uh, I hope these people are never in charge of this uh, fictitious realm. That indulges psychotic cast behavior, uh, we'd all be dead in a week, or they would be, um, or they would be, and humanity would have uh, had a fighting chance. Uh, what, uh, which is what this movie implies: do not fight, uh, know your place, and shut up. Uh, although the balance of power makes absolutely no sense in in film, the well-off outnumber the unfortunate at least two to one. Which is a, uh, which in a balanced system of hierarchy doesn't happen. There need to be more workers to provide for the upper class. This didn't exist in this story. The overall end game is to maintain humanity in a suspended state with rebellion as regulation to preserve a class system. Know your place. However, there is no economic system presented to maintain it. How they select the people in the upper part of the train and the lower part of the train isn't explained. Forget it that. is.
1: It is actually. Whenever you buy your ticket, whenever you bought your ticket, you were either uh, at the front of the train, you know, the middle of the train, train, or the back of the train, right? Where were the freeloaders, quote unquote, which was the people that could get to the get to the train before it started running, right? Before they froze to death, they it, Chris Evans literally explains that, and then it, the, the the ticket process was was explained earlier and then Evans is like everybody was just kind of shoved into the back of the train and then they had to you know you know eat babies and shit
0: right Weak
1: people (laughs) like like literally he he says that in in so apparently he wasn't paying attention because the people that was on the train they bought their tickets on the train and then the other people didn't buy their tickets they just first come first serve type of thing but they didn't get fed Right. And then when they did get fed, like, months later, because they had to survive somehow, so they... They, they, they ate, ate arms they and... They ate each other, basically. They ate limbs, and yeah, arms and legs. they started giving them, like, these roach protein bars or whatever, like these bug protein bars. So,
0: yeah, it, it was actually explained. You just didn't fucking pay attention. Right. And that's one of the things that I think that, you know, people, when they, when they talk about, like, the class system on this train, because this is probably the most... the the argument that i saw pop up several times in multiple comments and one of the ideas that but i think that the thing about the the class system on the train is that when it comes to it's kind of based
1: uh, off the same class system of the titanic
0: yeah, to a degree because all the rich people had the upper decks and like the nice suites and then the middle like the working class people were like in the middle of the ship and the poor people were all in the bottom mm-hmm. like in the very bottom like in the um It's basically the same the, basis, lower, yeah. It's yeah, that's kind of the feel that I kind of got from this was that it was kind of like a Titanic like cruise ship style, you know, almost except that, you know, you have a train, so the rich people go to the front and the poor people go to the back. And then your middle class is basically the, the cars in between. But I, I think that the thing about this is that like when, when people, you know, talk about like, well, the rich people would have, you know, outnumbered the poor people. It's like, I don't think so. I mean, I th- because basically like Wilfred says that like all the sections of the train are, are built to maintain a balance. Right. And if you have too many poor people, they have to start killing them to get the population down, Uh which is why they have to constantly do these little revolutions, you know, every once in a while, like after so many years, after you have all these new kids, plus they also have to take some of the kids to go work on the damn engine, because that's one of the things that you learn, you know, like later on when you actually do see the scene with, with Wilford at the end, you know, it's like, that's why they, he has Claude, uh, he has her go, Uh, to the uh, tail section and basically is like okay we need all the children to the front and then you see claude with like the you know the the tape and she's like measuring you know with the tape measure to see you know who's the right size and it just so happens that jimmy's the right size it's uh octavia spencer's character and so her son jimmy's like just about the right size he's the right age and everything to fit in the engine compartment and it's it's one of those things where it's like they'll take some of the kids if they feel like they can work on the engine, and then what happens is is that you have all of these like angry parents and stuff, like the guy who had his arm frozen because he threw the shoe at Mason and stuff mm-hmm. and hit her, you know, and uh, or no, he didn't hit her, but it, it uh, they had to block it, yeah. Um, or am I thinking about the other one when they're in the the the. Yeah, they hit
1: uh uh, Claude, uh Claude or whatever the they hit the her. the girl he yeah 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 that's and then right Mason comes in and does the punishment
0: yeah yeah because then she has like the shoe on the on the platter and stuff and she does a little speech about you know uh, really? about the head and the shoe and like you know their place and she was like you are the foot and we are the front we are the head you know <laughs> it's like all that stuff uh but that that's the thing is that. Like, you know, basically Wilford explains this whole thing is that like they have to maintain a semblance of balance and they know that they're going to have to probably kill about 74% of the, the poor people on the train to get the balance back, you know, and things go a lot different than what they expect, but their, their casualties are pretty much already preplanned. They know roughly about how many people are going to die doing this. Mm -hmm. what they don't expect is for curtis to get as far as he does i don't think they really expected him to get that far but when he does Wilfred's like okay well this actually did work (laughs) yeah uh to an
1: extent yeah um yeah um there's some really weird stuff that goes on in this movie um like the song about the engine when they make it to the teacher's room. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really a sadistic song. It's really
0: creepy. And even uh, the look on Curtis's face where he's like fuck all these people, man. Like Yeah, the te- the teacher reminds me of Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, teacher
1: yeah. kind of reminds me of Kristen Bell, so I was like yeah, it's weird.
0: I think yeah, Kristen Bell probably would have been a really good uh she would have been really good at that. Yeah, yeah. If she had played the the school teacher Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the the whole thing is that like, you know, people complain it's like, "Well, why the hell does he have like this this, you know, class system with like the poor people, the middle class, and the rich people?" And it's just like that's just how the system works because in society we have that, you know, you have poor people, you have your working class people, and then you have your rich, which are like, you know, the the top percent people. And it's like you were saying like it's pretty much explained that it's all based off you know their tickets and how they first got onto right, the train right, right and so that's the thing i think a lot of times with this movie the reason why it's misunderstood sometimes is because people just completely missed dialogue or maybe they heard it and it just didn't register in their brain because you know i hear people complain about stuff and i have more things to go over um but it's like i have a feeling that like people when they put this on they really didn't pay attention to it honestly because a lot of the stuff that people have questions about are relatively easy to explain, you know. Yeah. Um, so w- the thing that I'll get to next is the plot holes, right? Because people think that there's movie is like full of plot holes and like none of it makes sense. Like I would go through and I'd have people that were like, literally, no scene in this movie made sense. This entire movie is stupid. Who the hell wrote this? This is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, what? I'm like this does not have that many plot holes. Like can you think of anything off the top of your head that's just like a glaring pothole that like is something that is almost bad enough that it takes you out of the out of the moment when you see it? Um not really. Uh the only thing I would say
1: that that kind of felt uh when you're watching the movie for the first time it just kind of felt a little um uh, I don't know how to word it, like um, <coughs> like out of place or not out of place. It just felt a little like uh... hollow, I guess. Like it didn't it didn't seem like it was supposed to be a big deal. But how it happened, it really wasn't. And this one, Edgar dies, and it's just kind of like it's just kind of like it. It didn't make it didn't seem like it mattered how they made it happen. And I was just kind of like ah. That's kind of, that's the only thing, like, off the top of my head that I was just kind of like, they might have could have done that better. I knew Edgar was going to die in the movie before I even watched it, uh, because, I mean, it's Jamie Bell and he dies and everything, for one, and for for two, you have to motivate Curtis to go further, so he, you know, he can't have, you know, him through the whole thing, but it was just like, how he died was just
0: kind of so, it was a little weak, it was a little weak. It was kind of a weak death. Well, but that's not really like a plot hole, though. That's not something that is. No, like... but you
1: asked me if there was something that was out of place too.
0: Well, yeah. So that's the difference, though, is that you feel like okay, maybe that scene didn't have the emotional impact that you were that you were thinking, right? But that's yeah. not a plot hole. That just means that you well, thought. No, maybe No, I didn't the... say it was a plot hole. You no, said,
1: was it? A... Did you see any plot hole or anything that was out of place? And that that, that kind of felt out of place. But no, that's not a plot hole.
0: No. But that's the thing is that everybody thinks that this movie is full of plot holes. And it's like, you came up with like an example of something that you thought maybe the scene could have been shot differently or a different emotional impact. But it's not a plot hole. <laughs> because it's not something that doesn't make sense or like is well, illogical. Because yeah, you know? that
1: scene actually does make sense. It makes more sense to, to go after Mason and save everyone than it does to try to save your one friend. Because he has to uh, make a choice, yeah. He has basically. to make a choice between his one friend getting killed by Mike TV or, <laughs> right. You know, uh, or you, know, um, you know, saving everyone and
0: advancing on, on the train. So right. he had to choose to save everyone. It's almost like in chess when you have one of your you know pawns get sacrificed so that you can take the queen, right? Because if you take it the queen, you've got a lot of power. Yeah, you've really hampered their ability to do things, and with him having Minister Mason, he's like, we've got a very big bargaining chip now, because (laughs) she has a lot of power on that train, and you know, basically with her, they have like free access to everywhere they want to go while she's still alive. And Tilda was amazing in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, but I'll go into this where it says uh, the scientific laws on this train do not apply. Logic, mathematics, physics, chemistry—basically, anyone who made it to grade nine should see uh, uh, cannonball-sized holes in this story. Wait, Leave hold
1: on—is this comment written by Neil deGrasse Tyson? Because he <laughs> is a fucking killjoy. That's not scientific. It's like stop fucking up movies, man. Well,
0: that's the, because he's a scientist and he's a nerd, and so he likes to point out things. You know, no, no, no. What he is as,
1: is a dick.
0: Well, when it comes to movies, yeah, he is. And he'll even yeah. tell you that he... he that's kind of like one of his jams is like... But I do think it was out... funny
1: because it, uh, there was like uh, that one time when he was pointing out... Uh, Shit, I forget the movie It was the there? stars
0: for the Titanic. Uh, what? That, that's the one you're thinking of when he was pointing out the, the star fields uh, at nighttime for the Titanic movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, me- maybe it that's one, one of them maybe. that's it the was, one i remember it was one of them but anyway he he was doing one of them and then another scientist posted on his thing and it was like you're wrong and uh they they explain it and elder Grass tyson's like my bad yeah or whatever because he did it and he was uh, the other scientist like posted on top of his thing because he was like that would never happen because of this this and this and another scientist posted on it and it was like you're wrong and then he posted like the the research paper and he was like yeah uh, my bad or whatever and it's like yeah you, you shouldn't like just openly talk shit about movies especially whenever someone else is just like yeah you're not as you're not as smart as you think you are guy
0: <laughs> well i mean the man does have like two phds but the thing that i will say that I doesn't thought was, mean
1: he's always right though
0: well no it doesn't mean that he's always right but that's the thing about being a scientist is it's one thing to be wrong and it's another thing to be like humble about being wrong you know, like, people generally, like, when they're wrong and they have, like, an ego, they're like, oh, well, fuck you. Usually, like, when you see scientists and they're wrong, they're like, okay, well, I need to go look at some more research then because I, I didn't realize. Well, the thing, about, the Neil thing Request, about Neil in that particular case is he probably should have looked into it more instead of jumping to his conclusion. That's not normal well, for Neil a scientist. Neil now
1: is more worried about being famous than he is being a scientist, and that's been kind of for a few years now. That's a lot of criticism he gets. Steve's from Steve's not scientists. a big fan
0: of Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, I love the guy. I used to love the guy. Because <laughs> he, Steve talks until, about Tyson all the time, until he
1: gets up his own ass, and he's just like, "I want attention," and then he has nothing to back up the attention that he's trying to get, and that's just that's bad science. Because well, a lot of people look up to the guy on Twitter. Yeah, he has a, a lot of people of... look up to the guy, and they believe every word he says, and that's dangerous, especially in a scientific field. Whenever you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to spew out shit and then other science actually pew- proves you wrong. People are like, well, oh, no, you know, he's super smart. And it's like, yeah, that's true. He is. But he's right now, he's not trying to be smart. He's trying to be famous.
0: Yeah, well, I and mean, that, that's, that's just not good. Because, like, when he does, like, the, the Star Talk podcast and stuff, like, there's times where, you know, you're like, okay, I think that... Um, like he'll have like his, like some of his guests on and stuff that are like a, they're like a, you know, like a scientist in a particular field because his main field is astrophysics. That's what he went to you know college yeah. for and has his PhDs for for astrophysics. So if he's dealing with something related to biology, he'll say something. And then like the scientists will be like, that's not entirely true. Actually, uh, Dr. Tyson. And he'll be like, Oh, okay. You know, and he, and I think it's because he's in the forum there where he's he's on the podcast and he doesn't want to step on their toes because he's like, look, he's like, I don't know about some of these fields, but if you get him on astrophysics, he has a very definite ego because he's like, I have two PhDs. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And it's like, yeah. yes, most of the time you do, but you also need to make sure that like when you're dealing with things like movies and stuff like that and you want to say something, it's like, you shouldn't just say anything about movies. So that's
1: one of the things, and I don't even care about that. He has but a
0: tendency to do that though. <laughs> doing
1: misinformation about science is dangerous. It, it it can lead to some bad stuff. That's how that's we get the these problem. flat Earth assholes. That's how, that's the problem I have with him because he has no problem without without with putting out misinformation as long as he gets enough attention. And that's just that's not cool because that leads to some dangerous shit. That's some that's some. Um, that's, that's some stuff Nazi scientists used to do to mislead other scientists from research. You know, That that's... I'm not saying he's a Nazi or anything. He's not. He's Definitely not. not. <laughs> he, I'm not saying that. But mis, misinformation on science, intentional misinformation, which he is guilty of, is just... That's the reason I soured on some of his stuff. I still like the guy. I like to see him on TV and stuff. I like some of his shows that he does. I don't hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. But I think <laughs> it is dangerous because so many people look up to him because they think he's a genius and they're gonna believe everything he says just to spew out information like he does is just irresponsible for someone that's yeah sometimes
0: hand. I think he needs to kind of just chill until yeah. he yeah has-
1: yeah just don't say it because you can't be like I'm smart well this is what that is. Because that's not how science, you know. Yet again, I, I guess I'm. I, that's I'm not getting, how the force works. I, I guess I'm getting repetitive. That's not how science works. It right. takes a lot, a lot of effort. That's why we're not scientists. We don't have the patience to sit there for five years on one subject just to be like, yeah, okay, this actually is true. Yeah. So you can't be watching a movie and be like, nah, that's not how that works. That will not work like that. Then you have another scientist that's been re- researching it for fifteen years you know, just like post like, actually, Neil, no, that's not actually true. That's exactly how it would happen. And they're like, oh, well, my bad, or, you know, whatever. It's like, well, why would you say something if you weren't if you, 100% sure? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and why couldn't you get on Twitter and just be like, hey, is, is this true, guys? A fellow scientist, is this true?
0: Right. You know? Well, and I, I think, in Neil's particular case, it's weird because The guy that he always sort of wanted to emulate when he was a kid was Carl Sagan. And Carl Sagan was really good on TV and he would do like appearances because he was one of those guys back in the day that wanted to get kids into science and like learn about the planets and learn about physics and math. Yeah, you know, Sagan was one of those guys that he really wanted to be on TV because he wanted to try and push education for stuff like that. Science wasn't popular when Sagan was doing
1: it either. And Sagan never. At the same level, no. You know, Sagan never intentionally misinformed people. He. A lot of the stuff he said too was the the actual consensus of science that he was saying at the time. Yeah, and, and some of it's been proven wrong now. Sometimes, so yeah. Sometimes you know your scientific theories get proven wrong, and that's just that's actually okay. That's yeah. okay because you know you you form you. I feel like we're doing a fucking science podcast. But the science works <laughs> we'll get back where, to the point in a second. You know, a science works where you formulate a theory and then you work on that theory until it's proven right or wrong. Right. That's basically how science works. But it can't be like, yes, I did it once. <claps> Fuck yeah, that's how it is. Or it's like, yeah I, re- yeah, I read a research paper 20 years ago that said that's cool. And it's like, no, that's not how science
0: works. We've learned more stuff since then. Yeah, yeah. you
1: got more research and re- more data. It's just a collection of data and data and data and data. And then what you know about all the stuff that's been collected over, you know, recorded scientific history, you, you compare it. And then that's how that's how you, you figure out how black holes and shit
0: work. Well, that's you know? the thing, too, since we're... and we'll, we'll, This does tie in a little bit to what we're talking about. Because this is anyway. very
1: scientific, the piercer thing. Because... Because how this train works and everything, which we'll which, get into that here,
0: yeah. and then we'll get into very specific train stuff here a little bit later. But the the one thing that I would say though is that you know when it when it comes to uh, you know things relating to like science and discovery and stuff like that, it's like Einstein understood like the theory of relativity and he could prove it. But the theory of relativity breaks down at the quantum scale; it doesn't work anymore. So, if you try yeah. to take E equals mc squared and like all of his like equations that he used to basically figure out how relativity works, it works at a galactic and at like a like a planetary scale. But you get into like the quantum uh, quantum mechanics realm, and that does not work anymore because you right. can have a particle that exists in two different but places at once. But we also
1: wouldn't know that if. Einstein wouldn't have came up with, you know, the theory of relativity in the first place. We also wouldn't have known that this process wouldn't work because someone had to invent it and then other people had to test it. So yeah. that then that's how science works. What I'm saying, and like I said, I do like Nelda uh, Grass tyson I do watch his shows. I just think a lot of times, sometimes he's he's okay w- with just being famous. And you know, it's it's kind of like the opposite of like I don't know, like Bill and I, the science guy, is like a TV scientist too, but. Whenever he was doing it, he was just trying to get people to get into science.
0: He was trying to get make people more educated, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, learn it, about it, climate, learn about physics, learn about all these different things. That yeah. was the
1: thing when I was a kid. He he was talking about climate control back then. Yeah. Bill and, and I,
0: the science guy. I remember we used to watch that in science class. Oh, I, When I, I was I, a kid. Yeah. I, we love Bill I loved and I, the, Bill science Nye guy. the
1: science guy. If you didn't, then you, you're probably just not into science. But that guy really didn't ever misinform anybody like he might have done something on the show that might have eventually got proven wrong but he probably he's probably one of the people that was in the process of proving himself wrong
0: yeah to be you like know? well this experiment actually doesn't work this way anymore we need to do something different yeah but that's that's, you know?
1: that's okay that's how science works i just wish sometimes you know, uh, Neil would just be a little less egotistical about some stuff. Don't
0: just immediately jump into a topic. Yeah, like I, let it breathe. That's, that's
1: all. I mean, I, I still like the guy. He's still a good personality, and he is good for science because he does get people into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't hate him. I just wanted to go off on that tangent and say how how dangerous it is to misinform people just because people are already idiots anyway yeah it's just really <laughs> dangerous for Neil to just kind of like throw stuff out there because so many people respect him it's like well Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson said that so it's true it's like whoa no calm that's, down that's not how any of this his, works his
0: his interpretation of that science doesn't actually work because he misunderstood it or he's thinking of it wrong But or,
1: or even if he thinks it is a fact how science should work is like okay that's what he thinks it is research your, your your own but a lot of people don't do that they just mm-hmm. you know how people work they see something on facebook automatically it's truth oh yeah yeah you know like if nil Tyson has a quote it's going to go straight to facebook and then be like well look at that fucking the earth is flat right uh despite the fact that we know that it's not yeah but anyway have satellites right <laughs> and satellites couldn't orbit if this shit was flat Come on, people.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get to the next couple. But so basically, so to finish what we were talking about, uh, so it says, um, uh, leave aside the perpetual motion machine. A train can't contain industrialized mechanics for a recycling system. Sources have to be introduced for a human organism to be supported. Uh, there would have to be scientific control and a uh, closed system other than a woman reading a book while the uh, the oranges grow. well where is the cockroach harvesting car the aquarium car must be maintained by the sushi chef right the cleaning products must come from the ammonia produced by recycling urine the bar gets its alcohol from the engine fumes or that muck the kid was cleaning out the rich have meat and wine from thin air apparently uh and party on drugs (laughs) Uh, no one does any useful work apart from about five conductor types the poor do absolutely nothing apart from whine about oppression. Uh, the track that never cracks could be maintained by. Eh, I've just I've run out of magical solutions for this movie. Um, oh, some of us, some of us,
1: kind of magical, but like the aquarium self-sustaining because it's a, um, it's a fluctuation of uh, clean water and it's just kind of recycling itself. And they the fish take fish reproduce. out, more fish grow yeah stuff like that that that's sustainable, and I they they have a garden, yeah, so I,
0: vegetables and fruits and stuff like that can be grown on the train. Yeah,
1: I'm guessing they have like a farm with cows and stuff somewhere
0: they probably well then my thing is is that like we don't see every single car of the train mm-hmm. because Bong Jun ho said that they it's supposed to be either twenty six or twenty nine cars. I forgot how many cars the entire train is. But you only see the train cars that have, like Curtis going forward and doing something specific in that car, he's because he didn't have enough budget to do every single train car.
1: Yeah, only forty million. Yeah, only forty million. Only
0: forty million dollars, like you said. Like it's the highest, you know, highest budget budget South Korean movie. Korean. Yeah.
1: All, all of korea
0: oh so there's north koreans in this that worked on this too no i'm just saying that all of oh.
1: korea this is the highest budget movie of all time oh okay. even all to, of korea
0: compared okay. to north korea too okay yeah does north, north korea, korea really m- make movies yes they do they, they make, do they make are they just movies. like
1: propaganda movies or something a lot of them are yes <laughs> but they will uh talking about the deer leaders just to go off on another tangent uh korea north korea has kidnapped uh south korean directors and actresses and brought them over to make movies for them oh man yeah they've kidnapped people just to make the movies uh there's so actually that, a big so that famous. thing in
0: tropic thunder was actually true they would capture people and force them to make movies
1: yeah they they will they will man they,
0: they will do that because Tropic Thunder a, was there's, right
1: there's a, a famous story uh where a um a famous South Korean director was kidnapped, and then a famous South Korean actress was kidnapped, and they were they were
0: uh, forced to make movies. Wow, that's. Um, did they ever get back to South Korea? Yes. Oh. Yes, like they did. Diplomatic means, or did they just escape? Uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of shit. They they escaped, I think, uh,
1: and then there was also some shooting and stuff. Oh yeah. But, uh, they they escaped and they got back. Um, to actually no I yeah what what I think it was because I listened to the thing they they uh they got the trust so much that they were shooting uh, at a location um and like it might have been France or something like that but there was an American embassy nearby and they were guarded twenty four seven but the couple because they were husband and wife at one point the director and the actress that they kidnapped and then they uh escaped to the American embassy and then they were they were freed oh okay but they were like hostages for like 10 years or something like that
0: that's like like political prisoner type of thing yeah that's yeah so they they actually escaped
1: America was just you know because the the uh Koreans were even like kind of chasing them and stuff and then uh they got there and said who they were and then the uh North Koreans got close to the buildings Americans like step back right it's like our people's in there it's like nope our people's in there you you can just you can, yeah
0: you can leave because we're allied with south korea basically
1: you can leave or die basically is probably the option they got. guys like you can
0: leave or we can just mow you down to, was this uh, during kim jong-il's turn kim jong-il yeah Il, okay un. yeah that was that was back a little bit ago then because un hasn't been running it for as long but um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know if Oon's kidnapping people, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he does all kinds of crazy shit to his people, but, uh, but the thing I think about this is the fact that like, there probably is a section of the train where they have to, because they the cockroaches have to come from somewhere just because you didn't see it. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Well, right? the
1: cockroaches isn't really a problem because cockroaches can basically survive anything. Right. So they're probably
0: naturally on the train. And then they're probably also growing them in mass to make the protein blocks anyway because he has that giant hopper full of them when he's grinding them but yeah i mean um, that wouldn't
1: be too hard to to breed cockroaches because they breed in like thousands right yeah so you could make yeah. them
0: pretty easily and as far as like you know Wilford having like a steak at the end of the movie and then all the the fancy you know foods and stuff that he has uh i think that you can explain that fairly easily by the fact that you know they probably have a few cows and one of those uh, in one of those uh, train cars. Or, it's like 2030-something. Maybe they've developed synthetic meat. You know, Or, maybe he's eating the kids that outgrow their their job. Oh, God. Oh, wouldn't that be fucked up if he was like eating... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we we'll supposed just add that to the, to the list of shit that's weird about Snowpiercer. I think that's Snow probably piercing. actually what happened. So, I think
1: he's actually... The kid that he replaced, whoever was supposed to be there... You know, whenever the one it, that
0: Timmy replaced, the one that Timmy replaced, he's probably eating him. Oh shit! I mean, it was a relatively small steak, so maybe it wasn't actually from a cow.
1: Yeah, maybe he's eating a person. Yeah,
0: that's a kid oh, that man. outgrew his job. Yeah, and became too
1: big to yeah, work on the engine. That's probably what happened. Actually, that's probably what happens to those kids. Oh man, they, they just become food. Them. Yeah,
0: because I figured that some of them probably, like, I figured that Minister Mason might have been. Like a Well, I don't know if she would have been a kid at some point and then eventually got to the point where she was too big to fit in the engine. Well, she was a kid s- at some point. Yeah, Well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if she was like a kid when she got onto the, the train. I don't think she's that old. I don't know how old Mason's supposed to be exactly. Nah, she
1: would be older than Chris Evans' character.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he's like thirty. And he said 17 years on Earth, 17 years on the, on the train. train. So he's like... When they when they get around to that bridge, he just turned, or he would be like thirty five, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mason, I would have to imagine she's in her forties somewhere, like forties yeah. or fifties. So
1: she she was somebody that bought a ticket.
0: Yeah, and so you know, it's because I noticed probably that she Brooke, does the Brooke little
1: assault because she's rich.
0: Right? Yeah. No. It. Yeah. If you go by the wanker piercer theory, which we will get into in great detail. Uh, she is Veruca Salt. She just forsook her name and became Minister Mason. But, uh, but her attitude, her accent, all of it matches Veruca very much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just think that you know, like if you. It's like they basically explain in the movie that, like, Wilford is supposed to be, like, this engineering genius, right? That's why he created this train that's basically self-sustaining, and it has the ability to run on the Earth for decades and... you For know, forever. It's, they're technically supposed to be forever. As long as they don't have something that completely upsets the balance of the train, it's supposed to live forever and go as long as they have people to maintain the working of the engine, you know?
1: Yeah, and... Um yeah, I mean he 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 decides
0: that's how he was gonna live,
1: and he was also probably the person that invented CW seven.
0: Yeah, well that's one of the I one of the ideas, especially in like if you go by the Wonka Piercer theory, is that if he is supposed to be you know, and we'll go into this in more detail, but if he's supposed to be Charlie Bucket all grown up, maybe he would have created the CW seven gas on purpose and or or something like that that, like he did it on purpose because even the idea that it's cw7 you know could be uh charlie wonka 7 you know that was in the the theory yeah that like if he originally went by you know he kept his name charlie but he went by the last name wonka when he took the factory over because it was almost like he kind of got adopted by Willy wonka if he changed his name to charlie wonka that's cw7 (laughs) And, you know, that kind of thing. We'll go into more detail with that, you know, when we get into the, the Wonka-Piercer theory. Because there's so much to that that we were thinking we were going to have to split this episode up. So uh, what we'll do is we'll take a break here, though, and then we'll cover the last of the, the hate comment stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have one more, and then we'll when we do after we do that, then we'll go ahead and do like a wrap-up. Yeah. All right. back so that's also the theme song of snow (laughs) piercer uh written by metallica yeah that's pretty accurate before they they were abducted by aliens yes yeah and we got load and reload
1: yeah until
0: they became the lizard people yeah uh but but nothing else matters it's like that song actually does fit with this movie pretty well uh you know just when you started playing that i was like why is he playing metallica i'm like oh well now this song actually does work with us yeah yeah i mean yeah. I'm, I'm usually pretty good at that <laughs> uh
1: yeah but this uh let's get to the the last comments and i have i might have a controversial theory about um this whole thing after the the comments oh Doesn't, steve's
0: got his own theory is this gonna rival wonka piercer uh no no it's not okay. an arrival Wonker picture okay. it's just because I was idea. like oh shit how, you got some blockbuster how, shit going no on I, that, that's <laughs> one of the best theories
1: ever I'm not gonna say mine compares to that but it's, it's something different it's just my way of viewing this movie so uh, okay yeah
0: so that'll be interesting because yeah. I don't he hasn't told me so I don't know no. what he's gonna say <laughs> uh, Steve has told me shit uh but anyway <laughs> uh so people um just really really fucking hated the train like entirely they don't think the premise of it is stupid they think the way that it's done is stupid like people fucking hated the train and there's people that hate like individual characters like people hated curtis there's people that hated mason there's people that hated Wilford, you know, like all the different people. I don't understand and, how you could hurt, hate Mason. I don't know how you could hate Minister Mason either. Like, you know, like like we basically said that like Tilda Swinton, basically every scene she's in as Mason, she steals the show. Yeah, she, she kills she it. She commands the presence. Everything
1: she does is just insane. Right. Actually, I would, I would go out on a limb. Like, as I don't see any way that you can hate the character Mason are the character Edgar in this movie. No. I just don't see how you could hate either one of those. You could you could probably potentially hate Curtis. Yeah, sure. I, I, I could get that. You could hate uh, <coughs> uh, Wilford if you want to, sure. But I don't see how you can hate Mason or Edgar. I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, I I, I would give you a pass if you you, you, you hated Cur- Curtis because of his past. You know, you can hate him for that. That that's what they kinda wanted there towards the end like where he did some fucked up shit and you're just kind of like i don't know how to feel about this guy this guy is like Uh. yeah it's
0: like man this dude's seen some shit he's done some shit but he's not proud of and you know it's like it's like you know you get to a point where you're like man shit how is this gonna end and then that's when you know the chrono and all that stuff really pops up in in a big way uh I, th- I just always like that part when, when Nam is like, he was like, you don't think I've been collecting this shit for ten years just to get high, do you? And he was like, it's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's tra- the director. Yeah. um That's basically like the director's point of view, is that what you mean?
1: No, that's the director.
0: This play on the Wait, the dude that plays, doesn't even look like him, though. Mm-hmm. That's Bong Joon-ho? Mm-hmm. He plays Nam? Mm-hmm. Cause I saw him like do like a like a Q and A thing. He's in all of his movies. I saw him do like a Q and A thing, and he doesn't look anything close to the same. That's weird. Might have put some face stuff on it. I do Yeah, that's really weird because it doesn't look like it's the same guy at all. Yeah. But anyway, um, but it's <laughs> so his uh, first English movie too, by the way, that he's ever done English
1: with any English in it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, because yeah. I imagine Cause he doesn't speak English. Yeah, he he just speaks Korean. Yeah. Because um, in the Q and A that I saw, he had to have an interpreter. He can speak like very basic English, but he usually had to have an interpreter that would that would basically mm-hmm. translate for him. Yeah, um, to the interviewer who was you know American. Uh, but um, but it's so it says on here, it says uh, for me something like an underground shelter might have made this movie a lot more believable. Uh, The idea that they are on some magic train piercing through the snow is just stupid. Trains don't actually really just go uh, through thick snow. And why would you have to? Uh, Why not take uh, whatever powers the train and just make an underground shelter with it? The movie never really explains why anyone would want to stay on the train in such bad conditions, nor what anyone would, uh, would want all of those people on the train since they serve no real use or purpose. The entire poor versus wealthy uprising vibe they have going makes no sense, Because they don't need the poor people there to run the train. So why waste food on them and risk losing control? More importantly though, why perpetually drive a train through snow and constantly risk derailing it while trapping yourself in a small space with limited resources? On top of all that, there is no way a track would survive a massive uh, climate shift like this. It would be covered or it would be destroyed in such a dramatic climate shift Uh, as well as face constant avalanches forget about what it takes to keep a human alive Uh, keeping a train running for years on end what fuel parts maintenance no stops you're supposed to refuel uh, perform repairs and so on without stopping right Uh, what about the tracks there's no debris or malfunctions on any of the tracks my first thought was what powers the train since i couldn't get past that it was i wasn't even uh it wasn't even worth thinking about how they could keep passengers alive uh who got to be on the train and why uh who's running things etc does the train just go in a huge circle why even be on a train if you aren't going somewhere what, I mean, is just
1: <laughs> what is life? What is anything? That's just people not paying attention. Because it
0: literally, the- like, it just it, like does it go in a circle? Yes, there's literally a thing that shows them going in a giant fucking circle around the earth. Yeah, literally, when they hit the bridge,
1: that's a year. Yeah, uh, and they do explain how the train runs. They literally say that that the engine is what runs and if the train was to come to a stop or if you were to stop the earth is so cold that you'd freeze to death. Right. That's why friction and energy it's what's keep you from freezing to death. That's why the train has to be moving because if you're still you're going to freeze. Right. That is the point. Is it's
0: you know, it's friction. Well, and yes, also, yeah. like, it, because the engine powers so many things, it's going to be moving to generate energy. And it, it circulates
1: air into the to the thing where you can breathe oxygen. Water. It, it, it takes the snow up that it gets off the tracks and stuff like that, and it makes it water so it can filter through the system. Right. I mean, they explain every bit of this in this movie.
0: They do, yeah. Because Mason even says, like, you know, it's like you don't take water through your, you know, through your, through your your bum, through your bum, you take it through your nose, you know, because the front of the train, because he's like, you know, we control the water, we control the train. And she was like, no, the only thing you do is doom your own people. We don't get the water from that part of the train, we get it from the front of the train. (laughs) The water supply that they took was the water supply for the back, (laughs) you know, and it's that's, uh, but I think that that's, one of the things that's like in the idea that like, you know, they would never have to maintain that the tracks or anything it's like, and also like the climate shift sort of thing. I'm like, hey, would you, would, would tracks? I mean, if you're talking about like, at first I was wondering, like, are they just talking about it being too cold and that maybe like the tracks would go brittle? They didn't say that, but then I was like, did they, did they mean like continents drifting and that, like, if the continents drift, it would, like, break the, 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 the rail line. And I'm like, but would the continents drift enough that it actually would affect the train in that short of a no, time? No, no. Not in that short be, of a time. It would it take, would, like... Thousands of years. Thousands of years with the continental drift in order for it to actually start affecting the train. They would have a long time before they'd have to do yeah, anything like that. continental
1: drift doesn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and freezing a track, I just... I don't think... That's is uh, that even a thing? Like, I'm not a I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Neither uh, of us are scientists. But I I I am a welder, so I just don't think the cold would affect the uh the material that train tracks are normally made out of are usually able to withstand cold. Uh, because otherwise,
0: how could you build train tracks in like uh, in like Siberian Russia, where that's it's what I'm saying, like super that's cold. like
1: one of their biggest uh uses of transporting uh materials in russia and then like alaska and stuff is trains right it's not like it's like uh yeah uh we, you know we can't we can't use the train tracks it's too cold there's so much too snow cold. on it yeah you gotta warm up the train tracks it's like no that's
0: not how it works no Because if you were trying to do it with, like, trucks, you know, you'd have to worry about your tires getting stuck in the snow. Yeah. If you're a moving train, you just plow through the snow and keep going. The name of the train is literally Snowpiercer. piercer. It's designed to run through snow.
1: The only thing I think is probably unrealistic that uh, snow would be dense enough to lift a train off the ground. Even if there was, like, a pile, like, a snow or ice on a track, I don't even think that would budget
0: train well maybe not in that particular case but at least it made the scene spectacular it was good because you were like oh
1: shit it's gonna derail look at this shit i don't know if anybody's ever been able to test it to prove it wrong so right if you can't prove it wrong, then, you know. So what we're going
0: to do is we're going to get some uh, fake snow, and we're going to get, like, a model steam train, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to build a mini snow piercer in Steve's house, and we're going to yeah. see if it can go through uh, fake snow. It
1: <laughs> will go through, through fake snow because, yeah, and then it's just... Choo-choo. It'll just be like, choo-choo, and it'll just go right through it. And be like, uh, okay. So, it yeah, it wouldn't even budge. It would it just even plow budge, right through it. But it would have made the movie boring. Yeah. So if there's
0: no drama about it like derailing or like it, it kind of slightly slipping off the tracks or something. Yeah, that would be it would be kinda of boring if it's like this fucking train never does anything. Nothing ever happens. Yeah. You know, this so this train it's like, is boring. Everyone's well fed and uh, happy. Yeah, everybody's just totally cool. They all chillin'. reject the the Utopia matrix though. Anarchy. Yeah. Um, it basically just, it just looks like fucking Escape from New York on there, or, yeah. you know, or like uh, Mad Max, where it's just like, it's just like, <laughs> society just has to fend for itself, you know?
1: So was that, was that the final comment?
0: Yeah, that was the final comment. Okay,
1: so my, <laughs> first, um, uh, before I get into my thing, uh, the sad, to me, the saddest moment in the movie is when Tanya dies.
0: Uh, <laughs> When who dies? Oh, Tanya. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, oh yeah,
0: yeah. When she dies in the in the sauna. Yeah, yeah, I loved her so much, and
1: then when she died, and then I was just like, oh, no. And it's it's like it, yeah, I always I'm like a that part, heartbroken. Yeah, I
0: like that part. Like when she's she's starting to to slip away into into death, and then Curtis takes the thing, and it's like, okay, well here's one last look at your son, from the oil painting that the dude yeah, had made she her. she
1: was. He was like, I'll I'll find him. I promise. And she right. was like thank you yeah and i'm like
0: fuck it's like damn it um, damn my emotions but, okay so here
1: here's here's my thing about the movie curtis is the villain of this movie so you
0: think curtis is the villain of curtis this
1: movie. is the villain of this movie
0: instead of the hero Ooh, that's controversial shit yeah
1: he is the bad guy
0: um well, we know that he's not always been, like, a super good dude because of his backstory with... Well,
1: he's not a super good dude in the backstory, and then the choices he makes later on basically dooms the entire human race. Because when the train wrecks, and then the two people that make it out, which is the Asian chick and the, the black kid, uh, right. and <laughs> even
0: though they, they, they were able to like and see that it, it's
1: like, oh, the, 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 the train's warm enough, or it's outside warm enough that you won't freeze to death instantly when you walk out. Right. The 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 planet is still basically full of ice, which means there's no food anywhere in the planet. So
0: he basically just killed the entire human race. Uh, well, it definitely doesn't look good. Like when the when the train does derail from the avalanche. So he and is
1: he is the villain of this movie. Because Willard, even though he was bad from what he was doing, he kept the human race alive. Uh, Even though some people weren't as fortunate as others on that train, the human race would have thrived if they would have just let him continue to be the hero. Curtis, what his actions was at the end of the movie, basically caused the extinction, uh, extinction of the human race.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for that. The well, only... That's exactly
1: what happened. There's no way anyone survives after that train wrecks. Everyone dies.
0: Well, so the whole th- because the way that they they shoot it at the very end, where Yona and is it Jimmy or is it Tim? I think it's Jimmy, isn't that the I think little boy? Yeah. Is it Jimmy? Uh, the little boy that was taken at the beginning of the movie, which was uh, Tanya. Uh, who yeah. We were just talking about. Um, it's Yona and Jimmy. They they get you know fur coats from like the rich section of the train, mm-hmm. and then walk out to see what it's like. And it's actually it's still cold, but it's warm enough that they're not going to freeze immediately. Makes the
1: whole part where the guy had his arm out for seven minutes that froze, yeah, kind of not make too much sense. But
0: well, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Unless maybe that was just a particularly like nasty that spot. spot is yeah. very bad. Um, and it's just there's just no way for anything to warm up there, and it was at nighttime, so yeah, okay. I mean, you could you could maybe say you're that tip-toeing. that's a, you're tiptoeing. You're tip-toeing. Tip-toeing on whether or not that's a puddle or not, but but at the very end, it's like when they get out of the train, in the fur coats, and then uh, they see the polar bear there. You're like, well, maybe life is starting to come back because maybe now it's warmed up enough because Nam even says that like every time they get to that bridge. He needs a landmark to tell like what's going on with the snow. And he can see more and more of that plane every year. Yeah. More of the snow melts from around it. And he can see the, the body of it now and actually make out that it was an airplane that crashed. And so but The only
1: way the human race can survive is if a lot of people on
0: that train
1: survived.
0: Right. If they were the
1: only two people that survived, the human race is extinct.
0: I mean, unless they can survive long enough to make a baby. But he's like five so, and she's a teenager, so she's got to wait like a long time before he's at least, you and they know.
1: They have to not freeze to death. They have to not, not freeze sick, to death.
0: They don't have any medicine. There's no medicine. Basically, anything. It's the extinction of the
1: human race. That's what you watch at the end of the movie. Because everyone else on the train is dead, except those two. Or that's what you're led to believe. That would be the extinction of the human race.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one way to look at it. I, I thought maybe that they had, but I, you know, when you think about it, you're like, "Fuck! How are they gonna?" If it, so, it's like you're gonna have like this this tiny Asian girl and a five year old boy attack a polar bear and kill it. How the fuck are you gonna cook the meat from it?
1: You don't have yeah. any fire.
0: Do you, you, Do you have a you way know, to make you fire? Know
1: where Flint any flintstone is.
0: Right. I mean, do you know
1: how to locate that? Do you have any shelter nearby? She doesn't
0: know where the fuck she is. Do you
1: have any running water? Yeah. Like any type of flow or
0: They creek? could probably, I mean, I don't know. Do they have any running water on, on Earth at this point? Most of the lakes probably would. And lakes and rivers and stuff would have yeah, you froze, can get right? them out
1: of, well, well, if it's warm enough for people to live, then there should be some type of Some kind of water, liquid water. water. Yeah. Yeah.
0: At least maybe some of the rivers might have so, melted at this point.
1: That's what I was kind of like at the end of the movie. And I was like, well, the human race is dead.
0: Yeah, Curtis by him stopping Curtis the train. and then destroyed all life on the planet. Well, the other thing, too, is that what causes the avalanche is the explosion from the door. Mm-hmm. When Nam is trying to get out... That is what causes the avalanche. So you could say... Nam is actually
1: one of the villains too then.
0: So you could basically say that like between Nam and Curtis, they basically destroyed humanity. Yeah,
1: they destroyed humanity.
0: Because he caused the avalanche with the bomb because of the shockwave and it, it, it knocked all the snow down.
1: Opening the door, like literally the only spot that you should have opened that door is on the bridge. Right. Because then there wouldn't have been an avalanche caused because you're on a bridge and then you could have got out after you crossed the bridge
0: right so they basically
1: and and nam was smart enough to know that there probably would have been an avalanche happen, you know
0: well if, if you yeah if you don't figure that he was maybe still high on chrono but yeah because he might have been high on chrono and just didn't realize but yeah that was my, my so don't do drugs kids because the, then you might kill movie, humanity i was
1: like because even though people, some people got treated like shit and stuff, humanity did still exist.
0: At least they were alive, even though it wasn't a great existence. Yeah. yeah. So, and this was basically a story. Well, the, the
1: main the main point of this story was climate change. Right. That's what uh, you know the director wanted. Did the, the main point of the story to be is climate change, and I think he got his point across. But being like, yep, basically extinction.
0: Yeah. Well, especially like when you figure that you know they have, they're trying to combat the global warming by doing the C W seven in the atmosphere, it actually is so effective it just literally freezes everything.
1: I was reading uh, some of the stuff. I was uh, heard some people were like, uh, "Yeah, they it shares a lot of plots with the Matrix." And I was like, "Yeah, humans causing their own world-ending event. Yeah, that is similar to the Matrix. that's similar
0: to the Matrix, yeah, because yeah, we we, we as far as the way that it's blacking given to blacking out the whatever. sun because the the machines were solar powered, and we did that." Because you know we figured we could survive, but they couldn't, you know, and that sort of thing. And, then and they they're like, "We this. have
1: batteries." And that's basically that's basically the plot of the matrix. <laughs> we so have like, batteries. It was like we blocked out the sun. Yes, we went. It's like we can run off batteries. Boom.
0: Yeah. Who's that's gonna like, be the batteries? Shit, we forgot you. about
1: batteries.
0: Fuck. It's like who's gonna be the batteries? You are. Oh fuck! And then it's just like roll credits. <laughs> That'd be
1: a that's the matrix prequel. prequel. <laughs>
0: It's like we can run
1: off batteries. It's like where are you gonna get the batteries from? You. Yeah. Fuck.
0: What? Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cue the Rage Against the Machine Sorry. music. Seth Rogen and James Frank.
0: <laughs> yeah. With special guest appearance by Jay Baruchel. Uh. But uh, <laughs> as the machine. As the machine. Yeah. No, as the just, architect. We're
1: just kind of use you guys as batteries. Right. <laughs> ah. Fuck. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh god that would be that would be like a really funny project that's like Seth Rogen uh James Franco and Jay Baruchel ruin your favorite movies (laughs) ruin
1: your favorite movie. that would be fucking an awesome show right yeah like just those three just doing a TV show where they just ruin everyone's movie maybe yeah
0: yeah it's like, we're just gonna do the sketches, and instead of, like, you know, how it should have ended, it's, like, how it, how it fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he was like, well, this is the plot that it would have to actually be if this is, this is to make sense, and then they do it, and then, you know, he's just like, fuck!
0: <laughs> it's almost like drunk history, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at it through, like, a very fucked up lens, Yeah um but uh but i think the thing about snowpiercer is that like i think people give this movie shit and the thing for me is that because like when i when i first found this i had been working overnight like at work and i got back home and it was like 4:30 in the morning and i'm like fuck i'm dead tired i'm like well maybe i'll just put something on from netflix and i'll fall asleep so and i was like flipping through and I'm like, "Oh, Snowpiercer. What's this? Okay, so it's Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton. Okay, Ed Chris Harris. Evans with that glorious beard. Yeah, Chris Evans know. with that you know glorious uh, homeless beard. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe I'll put this on. See what this is about. And the movie's so fascinating. I get all the way to the end, and it's almost like seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, fuck, I need to go to sleep. <laughs>
1: sleep is a requirement for most people,
0: right? Uh, because I've been up since like." Well, I don't know. I mean, I had went to work at like you know eight something like in the night, and then so I didn't we'll get just up say till you've four. Been
1: up for at least eight hundred hours. Right.
0: Yeah. Basically. But you know, I'm like the movie's so like intense that I'm like, fuck. I'm like not even really getting sleepy because I'm like, I want to see how the fuck this ends. The when what happens when it gets to the end? you just bury an axe in Wilfred's forehead is like, fuck you. I'm taking this over, bitch. I'm on the train now. You know, like that kind of thing, and it's um. It would have been funny if it would have ended where he was eating Wilford, <laughs> like like one of the little steaks or whatever. He's just yeah, like, yeah. It's like <laughs> I'll like, run the train now. I know what people taste like, like and it tastes like victory. So it's, like, <laughs> it's, <like, laughs>
1: it's like, what are you eating? And it's like, fucking Wilford, right? Guys, delicious. The yeah. old man was on a great diet. Yeah, know, because he ate all that steak. Yeah. Which was just kids. Right. Yeah. The whole time. We didn't know that.
0: So yeah. Uh, but you know, I think that, you know, for people who maybe uh, you know didn't give this movie a chance because they're like, eh, I heard some stuff about it. Just watch it, make up your own damn mind, make up your own opinion. You know. It's like you don't have to you don't have to love this movie necessarily, but I think that it gets a lot of criticism that it doesn't deserve. Especially for a relatively low budget movie, like you said, it was only forty million. So they had to do a lot of things practically in the cars by just building a lot of the train cars and the times when they can't do that and they have to do stuff like CG in the computer, they kept that to a minimum because to keep the budget down. So I think you know for like the budget that it has and that kind of thing, it's a very well-made movie for how much it costs, and it's got really good performances. If nothing else, watch this fucking movie for Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, like you owe it to yourself to watch her as Minister Mason.
1: Fucking just greatness. I
0: mean, she is amazing. And you people have suckled at the titty of Wilford. (laughs) Wilford wonka yeah Wilfred wonka right um so that leads us to what we're going to classify as like our part two of this is going to be us talking about the wonka piercer theory and how this movie is a direct sequel to Willy wonka and the chocolate factory because man you start going down that rabbit hole and it's like fuck there is a lot of shit about Do you this take movie the red
1: pill or the blue pill
0: doesn't matter because it's all the dream anyway baby
1: and you're not—you're always going to be in the matrix, no matter what you do.
0: Right. So this has been
1: beyond the hate in our episode of Piercer.
0: This is part one. Yes. And then we'll do a bit about Wonka Piercer as a part two. So we got a lot of uh, a lot of extra things to explain with that. So yeah, we're, uh, we'll see you guys when we get to part two.